0: Welcome to The Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 7th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, bringing in advice and inside knowledge on today's economy and how it affects your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at one 855 855 400 1150 again that's 1 855 1150 or online at themoneyour.com and my lineup for the show today Patrick Hayes and Mike Passon with Master Builders Association, the housing shortage, and everything on today's show is going to be about the housing shortage here in the Seattle market. So it'll be a great show. Also in studio, I have uh, Mayan Life and Life Steffi with Remax on the Lake Northwest. If you can't afford to buy in the market, is it worth buying in a market? And last guest in studio, Danny Connor with CRD Design Build Remodeling in Seattle's hot. Real estate market. So great information, great guest in studio. Uh, for more information, you can call the show at 1 855 411 1150. Again, that's 1 855 411 50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And we'll start with a show like we do each week with little money chat. Money. Money. So I thought since we're talking a little bit about the shortage of inventory here in the Seattle market, I'd bring it in for the Money Chat chat as well. Everywhere you turn, there's a new story about the lack of homes on the market, and it's driving up prices and driving up busy, busy, busy buyer craziness what um, the reasons behind this i thought i would go through a few of them today the inventory shortage is squeezing move up so owners who may be ready to move up into a larger more expensive home are often considered hidden drivers on the market but right now price and the lack of inventory is causing this group to possibly hold off with so much equity they can just add onto their home remodel and get their dream home right from where they're at also move up buyers are not selling as much Uh, why sell when you have so much equity in your home that you can actually hold on to this property and rent it out and then you can continue to build your wealth. So they're buying, but they're holding onto their property, which is not getting that inventory back on the market. Investors aren't ready to sell their single family homes. They're making money from both rising rents and home appreciation, home price appreciation. So why not hold onto that property a little bit more and to be able to get that uh, additional income source there? Now, new home construction is still really low. It may be attempting to blame this on the builders, but um, there's a lot of different things that's happening in the market, And I would actually we've got master builder um, uh, representation here and having a show to really talk about the uh, what's happening in that arena, which we'll talk a little bit about today. But here in the Seattle market, there's also the cost of liability insurance is skyrocketed for builders, which is um, causing an issue with condos and not having condo developments coming in. Also, apartments are not converting into condos for the same reason, and rents are increasing so quickly, so they've got plenty of profit there, which means that uh, that normal where you're having a lot of apartment conversions is not coming in, which is adding to the lack of inventory. Uh, Baby boomers are running behind everything from later retirement ages, longer careers, better health, and loss of household wealth equity during the Great Recession have contributed to a slower than expected timeline for this generation. Now, millennials are not jumping into the home buying experience. Millennials are lagging far behind previous generations and buying at the same age because of the... Gen Xers have nobody to sell their homes to, so into turn, and can purchase the boomer's home. There's lots of other reasons why they're not purchasing, but the uh, student loan debt that they have, so they're holding a lot more debt, maybe a little more conservative in what they're doing in watching after the financial meltdown that we had in 2008, uh, so being a little more cautious of jumping into the market. So just a, a few reasons and a few things that are happening uh, in the market right now. Also, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the continued increase of interest rates. Obviously, we can't say what they're going to do, but uh, the experts were right finally this year. We are seeing an uh, increase in interest rates, and we've seen that happen quite drastically. So, as that continues, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the current homeowners not wanting to put their homes on the market and move up. Again, staying in there because they're at such a low interest rate, and why purchase and take a higher interest rate? So, just a little bit of money chat for you today. And coming up next on the Money Hour, the housing shortage. Patrick Hayes and Mike Pattison with Master Builders Association right here at on 1150 a.m. KKNW after this short break.
2: Would you like to make a real difference for local individuals and families that are struggling with poverty, homelessness, abuse and violence? Assistance League of the East Side is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that works to improve the lives of our neighbors every day. With your generosity, we can help individuals and families right here in our community through our philanthropic programs including Operation School Belt, this year, Operation School Bell has provided 3,500 local children in need the opportunity to shop for new clothes, shoes, and coats. This helps them focus on learning and they go to school with more confidence. To learn more about how you can become a volunteer with our organization or make a tax deductible donation, visit aleastside.org.
0: You're listening to the Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 7th show. It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what you'll receive from listening to the show, how to make money save money, and have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the amazing guests that I have in studio. Please call the show at one Again, that's 1-855-400-1150 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, Patrick Hayes and Mike Pattison with Master Builders Association. And we're going to be talking about the housing shortage. Thank you so much, you guys, for uh, coming in today.
3: Thanks for having us, Tina. Yeah, thank you.
1: And a little bit about Patrick and Mike. Patrick is the VP of... Superior Slab Jacking. He's a state director and serves on the executive committee of the Building Industry Association of Washington for 9 years. He is currently the the membership manager of the Master Builder Association in King and Snohomish County. Patrick has served on the board of directors of Master Builders Association as well as Skagit Island County Builder Association and Patrick, thank you. A shout out for everything that you're doing for Master Builders because I a lot of great stuff you guys are doing over there. So thank you.
3: No, no, thank you, Tina.
1: And a little bit about Mike. Mac, Mike Patterson is Government Affairs Manager with Master Builders Association in King and Snohomish Counties. He previously has served as a lobbyist for the Roll Tours Association and worked at the State Housing of Representatives. Mike is a Seattle na- native and graduated f- graduate from Seattle University. And Mike, thank you for you, too. I think sometimes people um, don't know what it really takes to do the things that you guys are doing and really protect homeownership um, and protect the, uh, the industry. Industry and what's happening so again thank you thanks Mike yeah,
4: our pleasure <laughs> yeah, uh, pro- providing affordable housing is what the master builders is all about
1: yes and if we ever needed it now the time that would be right now so we're gonna have a conversation a little bit about the housing sh- um, short is an extension from uh, what I did for money chat and Mike what is causing housing prices to rise so dramatically
4: yeah it's a it's really a simple equation there's too little inventory right now there is less than one month inventory on the market and that's really remarkable for anyone that's in real estate or knows anything about it we have never seen such low inventory numbers and that's not just the seattle area that's the region we have less than a month, month supply we have a huge immigration of new buyers uh, we are growing in the Puget Sound region by literally another Kirkland every year. So just imagine wow. how much pressure that puts on on the job market. And yeah. these aren't low age low wage workers. There are there are high wage workers chasing too few homes. And as you would expect, we're we're seeing uh, skyrocketing housing prices as a result.
1: Yeah, and and I I know that some neighborhoods have actually had like a day of inventory. Meaning that if somebody doesn't list their home in one day, that neighborhood will literally have no homes.
4: That's exactly right. In fact, I was just speaking with one of our large builders yesterday, and mm-hmm. she told me that they are selling all of their new homes within two days. Yeah. So, so And there's a rush, and it's because there's so little inventory.
1: Yeah, and I've, I've been in the mortgage industry for over two decades, and just like you said, I mean, I've never seen anything like this. You always think of, by then you've seen everything, you've been in every market, but uh, not not so far. Now it's a new one again. So Mike, why is there so little housing inventory yeah. on the market? What's another? Mm-hmm.
4: We have too little land. Yeah, you know, We've built mm-hmm. on all the easy land. You may drive by a space and see, oh, there's a place for housing, but it might be constrained by environmental protections or steep slopes, or you just can't get sewer to it. So there is really too little land for us to build on for one. And then in Many jurisdictions they're not allowing the kind of density we need to house everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, some jurisdictions are doing a great job you know drive through Ballard and they're they're doing what needs to be done to accommodate all our new growth but other cities and, and towns are maybe only allowing one, one unit per acre. So we're working really hard to try and educate all of our elected officials in these towns that we've got to do this together. And, yes. we're, and, and we're not gonna uh, get anywhere with affordability if we don't allow sensible densities in our communities.
1: So it really is gonna take a, a true team effort to really pull together, pull the powers together to all come to the same agreement on a solution to help us here
4: that's exactly right Uh, we have what's called the puget sound regional council which is a forum for that kind of discussion okay and we need you know as master builders and our cities and our electeds we all need to do a better job coming together identifying the problem Mm. putting on a number on how much housing we need and just going out and doing it sounds simple and, but it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of pushback. Not everyone wants well, to, to see. Well, I was to say when you have
1: different people and different organizations that are wanting different things, or they think that their solution is the better solution, That's you're right. not really getting anything accomplished.
4: That's right. And, and and there are a lot of existing neighborhoods. They want to protect their community character, and Makes we, sense. we get that. Yeah. But there has to be a balance. We, of course. We, we have to understand that. Our children are not going to be able to afford to live here yeah. when, when they get out of college or, or get a job, and so we have to look ahead and make sure we're providing the kind of inventory that's going to house those people.
1: Yeah. So, what other uh, things can be done to how to help? with the housing crisis? Uh,
4: you know, there, there's an entire laundry list of things we can do. Uh, time is money. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the The more efficient government can be about processing permits and streamlining regulations, that helps. Uh-huh. Uh, I touched on, on uh, greater densities, allowing higher buildings in some places. Uh, right. There are some communities where you can't go above two or three stories. We have to look at a, a whole slew of creative Uh, solutions to these problems, because we can't just build houses the way we have Mm -hmm. forever. Uh, We've got to be creative. And so uh, fewer height restrictions, more density, and maybe adding some land supply and revisiting a lot of the regulations that are not necessarily protecting the environment. Like the Growth Management Act? That's right. That's right. (laughs) Is
1: there something we can do with the Growth Management Act? (laughs) Uh,
4: There is. There is. Uh, We had a bill in Olympia this year that would Put definitions on what minimum density would be. There okay. is none. You know, uh-huh. The Growth Management Act says you, you shall build to urban density. Uh-huh. doesn't say what that is. Interesting. So, so we're saying let's put a number on that. As we were talking about before, let's get mm-hmm. on the same page. What we're saying is... Let's define what that is, mm-hmm. and then we can go forward and be more successful.
3: Uh, great. Can, can I just mention on the Growth Well, I guess Management I'll let you Act, talk a
1: little bit, Patrick. No, Mike no, no, and I no. are having a private conversation over <laughs> and, here, and you're just wonderful. buzzing in. No, 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 it's <laughs>
0: wonderful.
3: But the Growth Management Act hasn't been updated for what, 25, 26 yeah, years? that's crazy. And you consider what the population of the state of Washington was 25, oh. 26 years ago, and what yeah. traffic looked yes. like. Isn't it time that we relook at the Growth Management Act and update it based yeah. on where we are today and where we expect to be 10 years 20 years from now
1: exactly and Patrick when I mean really have they been talking about that and how long of a process of a conversation has this been in play and we're still they're still not doing anything about it I mean, is this kind of a new conversation that's coming in that we're getting in such crisis mode? Or I imagine that behind the scenes, there's been a conversation around this for a little bit of a while.
4: Yeah, that's a much better question for Mike. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you guys been talking about this? Uh, every day for the last 25 years. Yeah, yeah really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, wow. and so far, we, we've been making incremental progress on growth management issues. But the big okay. issues, is it's very hard to, to form consensus around. Yeah, you know, There are some that would rather have their head in the sand say, you know what, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to mm-hmm. build more. Or let people move somewhere else. But, you know, frankly, that's the wrong approach because people are coming here. The, yes. the high-paying jobs are here. And what we're seeing are people are moving further and further away. And you can see it on the tr- on the freeway every day. Yeah. People are driving from Mount Vernon or Marysville. To, well, we're going to talk
1: about that with our next guests uh, as well that, today. That's yeah. right.
4: So y- we, we can't ignore the problem anymore. Yes. So, you know, unfortunately, it's taking a crisis to get us to start talking, uh-huh. but we are because people are no longer going to tolerate driving an hour and a half or even further each way to work.
1: Yes, yeah. So, Patrick, I, I mentioned just very briefly in Money Chat about uh, condos because, it, you know, it, in a great market where there's money and there's people buying, we're used to actually seeing the condos go up. And, I mean, there's there's really almost none to speak of. So can you share a little bit of, about what's happening with that?
3: Yeah, so there, there's some real issues with condominium liability. Yeah. And the liability issues themselves has really driven the reasonably priced condos out of the market because mm-hmm. our builders are just not going to build condos that are less than a million dollars per unit okay. and assume the liability that can yeah. potentially go with that. Yeah. And what that really means is uh, the the association themselves, there can be a couple of people in, in a, a homeowners association, a condo association, who can decide to to file a lawsuit. Uh-huh. And it doesn't take the majority of the people in the condo to do it. It can take just a couple of people. And oftentimes what happens, it's a lawyer who's filing the suit yes, and yes they may get damages the builder doesn't have the opportunity to mitigate it all Mm -hmm. and if they get damages typically the damages don't cover the cost of fixing the problem but it does put a lot of money in the hands of the attorney who files the suit so until we resolve that kind of an issue You're not going to see condominiums being built.
1: And that's causing the issue with the condo or the apartment conversions. I mean, also, it's just, I mean, you can make a lot of money in rent right now. But that's also an issue in compounding in the condo conversions as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Patrick, uh, what is the Master Builders Association? Explain that to my listeners. What you guys do and what you're all about. Because you're pretty magical. I mean, you guys are doing some really great stuff.
3: Well, thank you. So, we're there's so much to the Master Builders Association. I mean, yeah. I can go on for 90 90- we could have a whole and, show on this. Oh, we could, yes. Yes. But we are the oldest homebuilders association in the country, mm-hmm. which really kind of surprises me. You'd think it would be Philadelphia or Boston or New York, but no, uh-huh. we're, we started wow. almost 110 years ago. We are also the largest home builders association in the country, Mm -hmm. and we were formed primarily for the purposes of advocacy, of helping our elected and unelected officials understand the consequences of the decisions that they're about to make when they're talking about permitting fees or adding other fees uh-huh. um, and so we want to make sure that we are trying to work in the best interests of the community to mm-hmm. keep housing as affordable as possible. Yeah. We're a great resource for consumers who are looking for contractors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a lot of really exciting community service work so you've heard of Rampathon that's yes, coming up yes. uh, in about a month. Mm-hmm. This will be our 25th year of doing Rampathon. And this year we're expecting to do 50 wheelchair accessible ramps yeah. for free to members of and our community. And where is that
1: compared to what you did last year?
3: Last year we did 43 or okay. 44. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. Awesome.
1: And, I, you know, it, it is a great resource for business professionals to be able to connect at a high level, um, support each other, and which makes it great for uh, consumers to have, like you said, that resource there. So um, a bubble. What do you think, Patrick? I mean, when someone says, are we in a bubble, what's your answer?
3: As long as we're growing at the at the rate that we're growing, uh-huh. as long as we have as many people moving into the area as we have okay. moving into the area, uh, there's no bubble. We're
1: so far from it. I we're totally, so far totally from agree. it. I totally agree. So, Mike, uh, what effect is Washington, D.C. having on housing? I mean, this could be a whole nother... Yeah, you
4: know there's a lot of you know a lot of mixed signals from DC. Uh-huh. Uh, two things that have come up recently that really have our attention are, are tariffs. Uh, cost of building materials yes. affects housing. Yeah. And, and and it's not just wood products. Uh, you know we build the, we build the roads, we put in the pipes, we put in the sewers and, and developments so that, you know the steel tariffs and all that. Uh, we're very concerned about the numbers I've crunched show. It could cost a home builder ten to fifteen thousand additional per unit to build a home because of these tariffs. So that's one thing wow. that, that we're paying very close attention okay. to, and we're concerned about, and, and we're working to, to push back on because uh, we can't afford it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So last question, uh, as I take us to break here, uh, Patrick, where do you see, uh, where do you see us in five years?
3: The housing industry? Yeah. Well, unless we make some significant changes to the way we're doing business right now, you're going to see more and more people moving farther and farther out, yeah. which is going to put more and more pressure on traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be pretty five years from now. It's going to get increasingly
4: difficult.
1: Yeah. Mike, what about you? Yeah.
4: yeah I absolutely agree with Patrick. Uh, people are going to move further and further out. And frankly, it could be as bad as our homeless situation gets worse. Yeah. Uh, and there's a huge social impact. It's not just financial, you know, the housing issues uh, we talk about. So it's not just money. We're talking about mm. people's lives, livelihoods, yeah. and having a place to live at all. So uh, we're very serious about making headway because if we don't, there are serious consequences ahead.
1: Yeah, so uh, a call to action for anybody that's listening, whether it's uh, one of my business professionals, uh, especially in the real estate space, we have a lot of real estate um, uh, listeners, and for the consumers out there, what is a call to action?
4: The call to action is local government, uh, be more efficient, make better use of your land, And don't constrict housing, because it is, as we all know, a basic human
1: necessity. So uh,
4: we need to think of it that way.
1: Well said. Patrick? Well,
4: I think that we
3: should be talking with our elected officials at the state level also Mm -hmm. to ask them to address the Growth Management Act and ask them to address condo liability reform. If we can get some progress on those two things, that will help significantly.
1: I agree. Thank you so much, both of you, for coming into uh, studio. Look forward to having you back soon.
3: Thanks for having us. My pleasure.
1: And coming up at the Money Hour, if you can't afford to buy in the market, is it worth buying in a market? I have my Life, and Life Steffi with Remax on on the Lake Northwest right here at eleven fifty a.m. KKNW after this short break. You may have noticed our community is experiencing a homeless crisis like never before, but what you might not know is that homeless families, especially mothers with children, are on the rise. They're one of the fastest growing groups right now. They are unsafe on the streets, and although they may not be visible, they are out there and they need our help. Mama's Hands is changing lives in our community through the House of Hope. It's a shelter for women and children in need. House of Hope provides not only support services, but a homeless environment for these families. After they graduate from the program, House of Hope staff continue to keep the families engaged and supported through a whole year-long aftercare program.
3: I'm Kimberly Jackson, director at Mama's Hands. We would love to have you get more involved in helping homeless families and individuals in crisis in our community. Please visit our website at mamashands.org That's M-A-M-M-A-S H-A-N-D-S dot O-R-G mamashands.org. Thank
0: you you're listening to the money hour with your host tina mitchell on alternative talk a.m 1150 now back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert tina mitchell
1: welcome back to the money hour with your host and mortgage expert tina mitchell right here on 1150 a.m kknw the saturday april 7th show i'm here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time if you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. But to talk to the guests that I have in studio, ask any questions, get connected with them, you can call the show at one 855 1150 Again, that's 1-855-400-1150 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, Myana Leff and Life Steffi with Remax on the Lake Northwest. If you can't afford the buy in the market, is it worth buying in a market? Thank you so much, you guys, for coming into studio and joining me today. Well, thank you for having me back. I love it. And uh, hopefully we'll get some people to
5: um, realize how important it is to buy a home even today because we're not in a bubble.
1: I I totally agree. And (laughs) a little bit about uh, Mayanna and life. Uh, MyAnna is a roll tour with the Robert Ott Group of RE-MAX on the Lake Northwest in Issaquah. MyAnna has been in real estate industry for over thir- 15 years. Part of that has been in property management before coming a roll tour in order to help people improve their quality of life by buying a new or first home. She is particularly concerned about the area's young people who are still choosing to rent um, accelerating markets instead of buying and paying yourself every month instead of leaning on, land, le- leaning on the landlord's pocket and building that up. MyAnna has helped many buy their first homes and is heartened to know that these new homeowners are seeing the values of their home purchase increase. And life is a Seattle realtor and Pacific Northwest native. After living internationally for many years, he returned to Seattle and began his real estate career. He now helps families and individuals in three countries learn about the power of home ownership and how to transition away from renting. In his free time, uh, Life enjoys spending time in and outdoors with his family, friends, and two dogs. So again, very excited. And today's kind of a, a spin is all about the, the lack of inventory. You really can't get enough information <coughs> in what's happening. It's just discouraging. And like you said, um, Maya, before we started uh, here, that we really aren't in a boom. Both of my guests, uh, Patrick and Mike, said that before as well, that there's just too much activity going on and the lack of inventory. So if you can't afford to buy in the market, is it worth buying in a market? What do you mean uh, by the market? Well, by the market
5: we're talking about, what Mike and Patrick were just talking about also is that we are living in one of the hottest areas as far as real estate is concerned, due to the uh, employment hubs that we have centered here. We all know the companies that have come here and the amazing amount of people that immigrate to this immigrate to this area, and also so they're very high demand. On also that the rental rates are really really high in these areas.
1: And what about the uh,
5: meaning by? a market so by a market we're talking as Realtors now we're talking about more outlying areas that haven't yet seen the price appreciation like we've seen in the hot markets like Seattle Bellevue Kirkland Issaquah just uh, uh, you know the central areas but these areas the a markets will in the near future enjoy similar price appreciation and slowly develop into the market in a few years a prime example of this would be like Renton just a couple of years ago. Renton was mm-hmm. a market that many people poo pooed because it was Renton, as the joke was back then. At that, you know, a few years ago, you could buy a home, a single family home in Renton for considerably under three hundred thousand dollars. Whereas today, Renton has evolved into the market and you'd be uh, hard-pressed to find a home under $400,000. In fact, most homes currently sell and rent in the four hundred fifty dollars to
1: $500,000 range. That's a big jump. Yeah, definitely. So, life. why would you want to buy into a market that is not currently as hot?
2: Absolutely. That's a really valid question, and it's pretty simple to answer, actually. You know, if we get right down to it, if you simply can't afford to buy in the market, You know, the question is just, is it still, does it make sense to then buy into a market? And you know, if you can't afford the market, then that's the only option. Mm -hmm. Just go ahead and buy into a market uh, where the appreciation just simply hasn't hit yet. And then at least you've got the foot in the door, you'll be in a home. And then as those areas start saturating with all the other homes selling out then that will turn into the next the market. So there you go. You're back in the market and you got there ahead of time.
1: Kind of like the example with the rented market that Mayanna was talking e- exactly about.
2: That's exactly it, and that's happening in many other communities Yeah,
1: too. and, you know, when we're talking with our, you know, our renters that are listening that are missing out, and I know uh, Mayanna, per your bio as well, as I know that both of you are passionate with helping mm-hmm. renters, um, you know, even regardless of what the appreciation is going to do, I always say that's just an added benefit, you know, just that's an added bonus to being a homeowner. But when you've got a roof over your head that you actually own, because it's, uh, no other investment where you don't have an option. You're going to have to pay for it somehow. And so, yeah, very, uh, very important. Uh, My Anna, people renting are often worried that their monthly expenses will be more than if they decide to buy a home. What are your thoughts on that? That's the interesting
5: uh, interesting thing. I talk to many people who rent and they think, well, we're just going to uh, rent because then I can just call the landlord if something breaks uh-huh. and I'm not ready to buy. But the Real issue is, we you know, we see people who have been renting in the market for the higher rental rates, they then finally see the light and they buy a home in a market and they reduce their monthly payments considerably because they're not paying as much mortgage as they were actually paying in rent. And keep in mind, we're not talking about just reducing their monthly payments, but also they are now participating in passive income through price appreciation of mm-hmm. their new home and they're now building equity instead of paying a landlord's mortgage
1: yeah so so important uh life there are still people out there that are afraid to buy because they don't believe that the real estate market will continue to go up what is your answer when when you hear especially when you hear a renter uh say that because usually that's you know that's where the concern is 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 coming in the first time into the market
2: exactly and that's a fantastic question because a lot of people are worried what if markets don't continue going up the way they did? Mm-hmm. You know, What if things kind of lull out or there's the whole bubble question, which obviously we're not in now. But let's just assume th- the best answer to that question is let's assume the worst case scenario Kay. that you buy, a, say, let's just say a $300,000 house, mm-hmm. and the market over the course of a 30-year mortgage does not go up one single bit, which by the way has never happened in our history. Yes. Right? So let's just say 30 years from now, the market has not gone up, but you've been making your payment every month, and in 30 years, you own your house outright, yes. $300 or $300,000 mm-hmm. in equity uh, fully owned by you. So now if you go ahead and want to move on and sell that house or just you know do whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to sell the home and get $300,000 in cash right then and there. Yes. Now scenario B say we had been afraid to buy and just ended up renting for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to tally up how much you would have spent in those 30 years on rent, but here's the deal. When you then move on after renting for 30 years, you know, you'll be lucky if you get your $500 security deposit back. Exactly. And so. when you
1: look at it that way I mean it just it, it makes absolutely no sense not to get into the market and then you know to extend what y- what you're saying as well as at that 300,000s when you're done with that 30 year you you don't have a payment. Whereas there's no payment end in sight as a renter, Absolutely. you know, so um, um, and the idea to be able to actually be able to keep up with the payment, whereas your mortgage payment is fixed outside of taxes and insurance. But taxes go down mm-hmm. if the market goes mm-hmm. down so it gets better. They go up with the appreciation, but you've 10, got a fixed mortgage.
2: Yeah, the last 10 years of your mortgage payment, it's going to feel like a breeze yes. when people, you know, rent in 20 years is going to be a lot higher than it is now. Exactly. Versus your mortgage, like you just said, Tina, it'll be fixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides the taxes and insurance yeah and uh, it'll it'll feel like peanuts in the end
1: yep definitely so Mayanna, what are some of the benefits to buying in
5: a market well besides the numerous advantages of ownerships that we were already talking about like being able to live the way you want to live remodel the house the way you want to remodel mm-hmm. and fix up the yard the way you want to enjoy your yard there are some really huge benefits. The largest of which is the tax-free benefits you can take advantage of when you own and sell your home.
1: And so let's let's stay on that, Mayanna, about the tax benefits because um, obviously with the two thousand eighteen reform, there were some changes, and so um, but not to the extent as that we were um, could have been. So can you talk on that? Right, the tax benefits they really don't. Aff- the the the, the
5: um, mortgage interest uh-huh. tax exemptions. They don't affect the, shall we say, the normal pool of buyers That's more for the higher yes. higher end homes. So mm-hmm. don't, uh, I don't want people to be afraid of that. Uh, we still have tax advantages from owning uh-huh. a home. And, and, but the biggest advantage really is that owning a home in the United States is probably one of the easiest way to earn some serious tax-free money. A homeowner can enjoy capital gains exemptions of up to $500,000 per married couple or $250,000 per single person. In other words, if you bought a house or condo for $300,000 this year and sold it for say $550,000 a few years down the road, you don't have to pay taxes on that $250,000 capital gain. That is absolutely free money in your pocket. And there are, you mentioned millennials and um, loans, student uh-huh. loans. Yes. That's also actually a way of building equity, selling that home and using part of the proceeds of that to pay off your student loans. So if, even for yes. millennials, it could be a very, very powerful tool to get rid of debt.
1: Definitely. So, you know, really just looking at... Everything is a whole picture. is critically important to be able to see what your missed opportunity uh, might be. And going back to the capital gains, I don't know any other investment um, category or asset class that does anything for us like a mortgage does, as far as the benefit of what the uh, government does. And reason being is because home ownership is the strength of our economy. That is right. Um, and that's why there's all of the protection to uh, the efforts to protect that, because it it strengthens our economy the more people we have owning homes. That's right. And you could do
5: this. And I know, actually, one couple that does this. They do buy and sell every two years yes. and just take
1: advantage of that tax benefit. Yeah. And they're very wealthy people now. Yeah, makes total sense. Uh, Life, after hearing all of this, what is the best advice for those renters that are still unsure whether or not to buy?
2: Well, that's a great question. And what I'll probably do is answer it with a question to maybe people that are on the fence about that. And the question really would be is that given what you've currently been saving over the past five years, what do you think you'll have saved up five years from now? Do you think it'll surpass $70,000? Okay. Now, and that's just, you know, just be honest with yourself. Uh-huh. There are some people that can do that, but I'd say the vast majority in five years won't have $70,000 in cash saved up. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd crunch some numbers here yesterday, and let's just say that you today decided, I'm gonna go and buy a $200,000 condo. All right, very doable in the area. Mm-hmm. Now, you would, in five years, have made about, you know, varying, depending on a few factors, but you would make approximately $70,000 on that in five years. Now, how to get to that number? It's actually very simple math. Now, let's assume a very conservative price appreciation of about 5% a year. It's been okay. more here in the area in the past. So mm-hmm. let's just say 5%. Now, five years from now, your condo would be worth about $255,000. Mm-hmm. So that's fifty-five dollars right there that you'd make in uh, equity price appreciation. Now, during that time, you'd also have enjoyed about $9,000 in tax uh, benefits. So you would have saved that. And uh, then you would have also in that time paid approximately uh, $16,000 into your own equity instead of paying that towards your landlord. Mm -hmm. Now, all of that together adds up to about $70,000. So in comparison, if you had rented For those five years, saying maybe you're spending eighteen hundred bucks a month on rent. Mm -hmm. Now hold on to your pants because this is going to hurt a little bit. Yeah. Five years from now, if you calculate that eighteen hundred a month would equal to about a hundred and eight thousand dollars, that would go to a really happy landlord.
1: Is that counting with the increase of rents?
2: That that is assuming that your rent is going to stay at eighteen hundred. Which we know that's not going to (laughs) happen. Exactly. But (laughs) I'm trying to keep math very convincing and simple for Uh people. Uh, eighteen hundred a month equals one hundred eight thousand dollars in five years. Realistically, mm-hmm. it'll be even more, and you know, and you still own absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah, that is a a, a really good way to. Uh to look at that is is to take it to a different spin and how much could you save and when you have that conversation to have a realization of wow yeah no I can't and you just keep getting further and further behind Uh, then we add in the the increase in interest rates which is going to continue to drop that buying power for people which is going to be devastating um, uh, at some point so we wrap up our time together Uh, life I know that you just uh, you currently bought a home congratulations and purchased out in Covington which is a beautiful area um, but you work in Issaquah, so show, share about that.
2: <laughs> no, that's, that's fantastic. Thanks, first of all. And I, I was renting in Issaquah, and my office is located there. Mm-hmm. And I just, there was no way I was going to be able to afford a single-family home in Issaquah. So, yeah. you know, that's just summarizes really this whole topic is, I realized I can't buy in Izaqua, so I decided to buy in a market, and I decided I was going to go with Covington. Yes, it added some time to the commute, Mm -hmm. but you know what? You can live with it, and given the math that we went over, it only made sense. So now I'm invested in a market, and then a few years from now, Covington's going to turn into the next the market. So there you go.
1: Yeah, love it. Um, Thank you so much, both of you, for uh, coming in. It was a real pleasure. Uh, to have the two of you and look forward to having both of you back again. Thank Thank you. you. Coming up next in the Money Hour, remodeling in Seattle's hot real estate market, Danny Connor with CRD Design Build, right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break.
6: Has your family outgrown your home or is your home looking tired and blah and doesn't fit the way you want to live and entertain? It's time for a remodel, but how do you find a company that delivers? We've all heard the remodeling horror stories. Those problems usually come from inexperienced workers or contractors that are better at building than they are at estimating what things really cost or how long they should take. CRD Design Build has decades of experience designing and creating remodels that fit the way our clients want to live. CRD has a long track record of thorough design and reliable fixed price contracting that meets a schedule. CRD Design Build puts your needs first while designing with your budget in mind. You'll work with one of our experienced designers to create a design that perfectly suits your needs and you can even see it in 3D before we build. Hi, I'm Denny with CRD Design Build. We've been remodeling homes for more than 30 years and the greatest joy is seeing how transforming homes can transform our clients' lives. We love what we do and hearing about the joy it brings to our clients. To learn more about CRD and the design build process or to discuss your remodeling plans, contact us anytime at 206-782-6959 or visit us online at crddesignbuild.com. Again, that's 206-782-6959 or crddesignbuild.com.
0: You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome back to the Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 7th show. I provide the news on everything money, fresh information and market trends and conditions in our local economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast to talk with the guests that I have in studio today. Please call the show at one 855 41150 again that's 1855 41150 or online at themoneyar.com and in studio right now Danny Connor with CRD Design Build remodeling in Seattle's hot real estate market Danny thank you so much for joining me in studio today
6: Thanks for having me Tina
1: And a little bit about Danny uh, uh, Danny it has been helping greater Seattle homeowners transform their homes through remodeling since 1980 realizing that there was often a gap between the design clients brought bought and what they could afford. He helped pioneer a design build service in the early 1990s. He founded his company with a global establishing a home remodeling and construction business that treats its customers with dignity and respect. Remodeling has been Denny's lifelong passion and there's nothing that he likes better than snapping homes to fit the owner's lifestyle. He served as chairman of the Remodels Council, has been named Remodeler of the Year by Master Builder Associations at King and Snohomish Counties, was awarded Remodeling Big 50, and has earned certified Aging in Place Specialists and Certified uh, Graduate Remodeler Designations from the National Association of Home Builders. Denny has also studied neurologic medicine and has degrees in psychology and interfaith ministry. So Denny, excited to, um, I know it is a crazy uh, market for remodeling, especially because of the lack of inventory. So I'm sure that uh, your company is just really busy right now. And so uh, great topic, talking about remodeling in today's hot market here in Seattle. So let's say a homeowner who has outgrown their space or just wants to upgrade. What do you decide and how do you decide whether a remodel makes sense for them or not?
6: One of the key things to consider is, um, do they like the neighborhood? Um, uh, it's really tough to find a home that fits a, a family's lifestyle mm-hmm. um, in today's market. <clears throat> and the cost of selling and, and the trouble of moving um, usually makes it more smarter for them to just stay where they are if they like their neighborhood. And uh, so uh, and tell me the rest of your question. the, the upgrading s- more space or just w- Yes, well, so if they're, if they're
1: looking at space or upgrading, how are they making a decision whether it makes sense to do that or stay in the home and do that or move?
6: Well, the, the key is if they like the neighborhood. If they mm-hmm. like where they're at, um, it, it makes more sense to stay and remodel. Uh, yes. There's so much more equity in people's homes nowadays, and financing is still quite reasonable if they yeah. need to borrow money. Um, there's many ways to add space to the home. Um, you know, a lot of times there's basements that are unfinished that can be remodeled um, and add a lot of living space. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, um, if they need more space, growing family, maybe they want to um, add a room, add a second story addition. Uh-huh. A lot of times just opening up walls uh, within the home can make it feel more spacious.
1: Yeah, huge difference when you're able to open up that space mm-hmm. um, by pulling out some of those walls. So how long is there is there a, a typical time that you want to stay in, in your home to make remodeling worthwhile, the cost associated to doing that?
6: That's something we ask all of our clients, is how long do you want to stay in the home? Uh-huh. Um, anybody that wants to just stay two or three years, then we suggest being more moderate, even three to five years, um, hey. and and probably considering um, anything that they do to do things that the general public would like. Yes. Um, people that are going to stay in their home for a longer period of time, it's worth um, customizing it more to their personal taste. Uh-huh. And uh, and so, ah, gosh, how much do they spend? You know, um, it, it's up to the individual. Sure. We, we have... Um, One client that's looking at staying only um, three to five years, um, they might stay longer, but Mm -hmm. they are considering uh, spending um, up to $300,000 simply because they have that much equity and the things that they want to do to the home will add to the value of the home.
1: So let's talk about that in items that are going to have a higher payback, um, because ultimately, like you said, if you're going to keep it less than five years and maybe even you know less than seven years, you really want to be strategic in what you're doing. And that financial investment you're making in the home is going to pay you back at least what you put in, if not more, when you go mm-hmm. to sell it. So what areas can are, are the safest that are going to be the best investment for them when they sell that home?
6: Absolutely. Kitchens and bathrooms are always your best investments. Mm-hmm. Um, if the kitchen is tired or the bathroom is old, it's great to uh, update those spaces, especially since, especially in Seattle. um, So many of the older homes have the kitchens in little boxes and they're not well connected to the rest of the house. They might not even be well connected to the outside, to the backyard. And so um, opening those, um, opening the kitchen up to the rest of the house, creating a space for people to hang out, social spaces, an eating bar, an island, a peninsula, um, making a better connection with the outside, Um, those sort of things almost everybody is going to want to do. And so that will add Mm -hmm. tremendous value. If the house doesn't have enough bathrooms, Uh um, usually adding a bathroom, whether it's a master suite added um, onto the side of the house or back of the house or a second story addition, master suite, which can start to get a little expensive, Sure. Um, uh, adding bathrooms will usually give great return on their investment. Basement remodels, again, can be um, quite a good investment because you can add a tremendous amount of square footage that will um, bring value to the home for resale.
1: Yes. And so really th- um, and being strategic where your money is going and make sure you're talking with an expert like yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that you're not making a bad investment choice when it comes to that remodeling. So, Danny, what's unique right now in our current market that makes remodeling a good idea?
6: Well, just the values of the homes. Yes. The, 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 um, I heard the other day on the radio that the um, average or median price of the homes in Seattle have gone mm-hmm. up 100,000 yes. in, in the past
4: year.
1: Yes.
6: Um, $100,000 in uh-huh. and 12 months is uh-huh. kind of big. Um, so um, the two factors, one, it's so hard for people to find a home that they like yeah. and that they can afford um, because usually they have to sell their house before they can afford to buy another house. So uh-huh. that makes moving really tough. Most people don't have a million dollars sitting in their uh, back pocket uh-huh. to be able to buy a house before they sell the one they're in. And it's a real gamble to sell the house you're in if you don't have that with next house. With the lack house. of inventory, especially. Yeah, with, with mm-hmm. the uh, multiple offers that are going yes. on in the market, it, it's, it's a little bit scary. So um, if people um, stay in their home, um, th- because of the equity that is evolving right now, mm-hmm. um, it's, um, it's a great time to remodel.
1: Yeah. So what are you seeing? majority of your clients are doing as far as the resources to pay for that remodel?
6: Many different ways. Some people um, use... Um, Uh Helocs. We have a growing number of clients that are doing um, remodeling construction loans. Yep, and that that's where um, they can borrow money against the future value of the house. Uh We have to get the design to a certain point, so they. Um, before they can take the, the drawings and the specifications to the bank and say, this is what we want to do, and get an idea of, of what that value will be.
1: Of course. They can
6: always talk to a, um, a realtor, somebody like Jeff, to uh-huh. get some idea. Um, if we add this much space to the house, what do you think it'll be worth yes. um, before they get started? Um, and, uh, but the first step is always to figure out how much, if you're going to borrow money, how much do you want to pay back? Yes. Yeah, because a lot of times, especially in today's market, you might be able to qualify for a loan
1: mm-hmm. that
6: has a monthly mortgage more than you want to pay back. Of
0: course. <laughs> so and a
1: lot of that's the case <laughs> because they're, you know, easily going up to a 45% debt to income ratio. So, yeah. yeah. You got to, yeah. if I always say, what is your own objective?
4: Mm-hmm. Let's Uh get
1: it set up for the maximum, but work around your objective. So you'd mentioned uh, HELOC, uh, home equity line of credit versus construction. I think the construction loans are a great option for people. A lot of Uh people don't even think about that, and they just immediately go to the HELOC. Um, The the potential issue with a home equity line of credit is when you're dealing with something that's based on prime, because, you know, we know that... The Feds are going to continue to decrease prime, and so yep. you could be stuck in a situation there that's not appealing. Plus, you've got most of them, you've got a 10-year period, and it's going to be due in full. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the yeah, the construction loans are a really great way. Only disadvantage, and I'm just talking a little more detail on this because I'm in the mortgage space, but um, the only downside to your construction loan is if you've just got a really amazing rate, that it's going to take that construction loan combined together and you're going to lose that. So, yeah, looking at the numbers and the options is always uh, the best option there. So, uh, Danny, what about uh, what the homeowner should expect during that remodel time? (laughs) <laughs> um, well, Should they take know. that vacation that we were talking about with Jeff and you could be the neighbor watching the house? <laughs> there, there, it might
6: be a good time for a vacation yes. if you've got everything mapped out and you don't worry about what's going to happen while you're gone. Um, you know, it's it's an exciting time. Mm-hmm. It's also a time of chaos. Um, we, we do, and almost every contractor does a lot of efforts to protect the home from dust and, um, and so that areas that are not being worked on don't get yeah. damaged or excessive dust. But... Um, but it can be um, you know, get get a little chaotic, especially remodeling kitchens yes. um, you know we, we help clients set up temporary kitchens and move their refrigerator into the dining oh, room nice. or, or living room uh-huh. give, give them some uh, basic uh, hot plate a uh, toaster uh-huh. oven or whatever to help them out so yeah. that they can get by. Uh-huh. Um, they usually end up having to wash the dishes in the bathroom sink or the bathtub and and then we also <laughs> we might um, uh, uh, be remodeling the bathroom, so then they just got to go to the basement or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's. Well, going it,
1: through a little pain knowing what the outcome's going to be. Exactly. Um, I would imagine it'd be a little exciting to do things differently. Yeah. Got to look at the positive side. So, what about choosing uh, your remodeler and, and what are you really looking for to make sure that you're you connecting with the right company?
6: Oh, uh, that's a um, really good question. I'm, I'm obviously biased towards uh, design build. Um, uh, because uh, uh, design-build contractors generally know what things cost, so we design things to fit the client's budget. Uh-huh. Um, another viable option is, is finding an architect or designer that uh, people connect with um, and then um, having their project bid by other contractors, or okay. maybe the architect might recommend a uh, contractor that they can work with. Um, it's uh, um, um, So... They, they just need to find a relationship. That's probably yes. the most important thing, yeah. um, whether they go design build or work with an architect mm-hmm. or another designer independently, is having somebody that listens to you and you feel like you've got somebody that uh, understands mm-hmm. you and will help you create your vision rather than their vision.
1: Yeah, it makes total sense. So let's talk about space because a lot of people want to have more space in their home. So what are you seeing the best options are to create more space?
6: Well, again, sometimes just opening up walls Uh um, and rearranging what's in the house um, gives the feeling of space, and you don't need that additional space. If somebody really needs additional space, then um, sometimes a a second-story addition. Sometimes we can find enough room in the yard. Seattle lots are a little bit smaller than Uh others, so sometimes uh, bumping out doesn't give you as much space. But, uh, yeah, room additions and... um, Um, can add additional space depending on what you want, uh, whether it's for uh, kitchen family room Uh addition, which we've done quite a few, or bedroom bathroom addition. Um, And then again, the basement. Um, There's a lot of basements that are uh, poorly remodeled or Uh unfinished. We have dug basements down. Um, We have lifted houses up um, because some of the basements have very low overhead. Uh So it's. again, you can work with the existing space. Maybe you I've never lift thought the about digging down. Yeah,
1: Interesting. We've, we've done
6: that quite a bit. Oh, and Jeff has
1: taken his head. That's what they yeah. did with this their basement. Yeah, exactly.
6: <laughs> and and just six inches or uh-huh. a foot can add a feeling of so much more space to of a course. basement. Yeah. And uh-huh. then, then we got to move the ductwork around so that you don't feel like you're ducking under ductwork. Or maybe uh-huh. we change to a... Um, a Mini split uh, system, heating, okay. heating, ventilation system. Uh, so there's um, uh, getting rid of ductwork can make a big difference.
1: Yes. So less than a minute here, and I want to kind of wrap up my time with you on homeowners where they can go to get started, just to get information about the remodeling options. Outside well, of calling the show, so I can connect them with you. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
6: Um, well, there's so much information online these days, mm-hmm. and and people can do a lot of research on how's. Um, for contractors and and designers, they can get a lot of ideas on how mm-hmm. Pinterest, um, you know, Google's kind of uh, um, you know created this incredible resource for yes. us to look up almost anything. And then you just need to um, interview people. Yeah, makes and, and get references and and make sure that you're who you're working with feels like a good match. Yes, and they're reputable and can do what you want.
1: Yeah, makes makes sense. Well, Denny, thank you so much for coming into the studio. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tina. And this is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll be here next weekend, same time, same place, right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
0: Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.